welcome to Today at the G1. My name is James Troopany. This is a Troopany Show podcast. We hope you are enjoying our G1 coverage with me, James Troopany. It's a lot of Troopanies. There's only really two of us left. Anywho, let us talk wrestling. UA Uemura and Gabriel Kidd were in the opener in a really nice match. And Uemura really showing his wares in this match. He takes the pinfall. Um, with that double arm suplex of his, which is getting over, oh, B's a big finisher. I love these watching these young guys wrestle. I've not seen them so wrestle so many times, and I'm so used to it and into their moves now. And they're really getting chance to show a lot of character development, which they wouldn't normally do, because there's normally four or five of them, and they don't get long matches. Um, but because they're getting so much development, these guys are going to be really recognisable and going to be really useful to New Japan in the future. So I'm dead pleased with what they've done. Then we had Jeff Cobb versus you-know-who in a match that only got 5.3 votes from the cage match users because it wasn't very good. <laughs> this was a match where hmm, Real Sociedad decided that because he was losing, and this was fairly obvious just by looking at the booking, that Jeff Cobb's a big guy who could pose for him and he could do loads of fashion fancy moves. So it was, like John Dinsdale pointed out, it's a match that you remember Will Ospreay having, but not necessarily Jeff Cobb. And it was very much about Will Ospreay and not Jeff Cobb. It was a match about Will Ospreay losing rather than Jeff Cobb winning, which it didn't need to be. It needed to be about Jeff Cobb winning, because he hasn't won that many times in this tournament. But he absolutely buried Will Ospreay in ten minutes. <laughs> he hammered him. Um, and that was that, was that really. Um, it, there was lots of defensive wrestling from Osprey, which isn't really his best look, and Jeff Cobb just kind of steamrolled him, and it was the big guy versus high-flying guy kind of philosophy that just didn't really gel well at all. Cobb had a good performance. He looked strong, but not as strong as he should have done. Um, it should have been a lot simpler than this actually was, in my opinion, if that makes sense. Next up was something actually much more enjoyable, believe it or not, and it involved Yujiro Takahashi. He was defeated by Kota Ibushi, um, who went on a strike fest just to dispose of Yujiro. Having said that, Yujiro looked pretty strong in this match, and I actually enjoyed his work considerably. I thought it was really good, and so did the fans. Uh, where were we? I just should ask, I normally say this, but we were in Shikosa, Japan, at the Act City Hamatsu, and... It was really good, because the fans rallied behind Yujiro when he got a comeback, which is unusual, because normally they're just going to ignore him. So this was really cool to see Yujiro actually get a little bit ahead. I think the match with Jay White has kind of laid out some story, and people are starting to get behind him as a babyface. I don't think he's going to be a full-on babyface, just kind of occasionally. This is kind of one of those matches where people are kind of occasionally being babyfaces, and this was one of those matches that worked really well for Yujiro. Still lost, though. Bless his cotton socks. I was disappointed in that. I was kind of hoping it. And I actually had a belief that he could beat Kotribushi, which will tell you how well this match was booked and worked out. It was better than what people thought it was, for sure. Next up was Tai Chi versus Shingo Takagi. Dangerous tea, in fact. This was proper dangerous tea territory. Shingo was strong. He really worked hard in this match. But Tai Chi looked fairly undeniable. He's looked pretty tough in recent matches. After 10 years of begging off and doing the cowardly thing and cheating, he's actually become this big match player. And, you know, he still has the the bag, which has been nicely tailored into a Velcro belt for him. But from uh, 
Iska uh, when he retired and Tai Chi kind of took the bag with him as a kind of good luck charm. He doesn't really use it, he just uses it as an intimidation factor and that was really cool to see actually and it kind of worked here. Shingo threw the kitchen sink at Tai Chi and it just didn't work. There were some cool reversals and cool maneuvers catching Tai Chi and turning uh, I think I can't remember Tai Chi was trying to go for a DDT and Shingo Takagi caught him halfway, Takagi caught him halfway and managed to turn it into Made in Japan. That was really cool. It was just a really good kind of match. And you know I don't like Tai Chi, and you know how much I hate giving him praise, but give, give the devil his due here. He worked really hard, and that was really a lot of fun to watch. Do you know what was really fun to watch, though? Jay White versus Minoru Suzuki. Everyone hates Jay White. <laughs> He's become this detestable character, and no one hates him more than Minoru Suzuki. And it showed... He clobbered him. He ragdolled Jay across the ring so many times. Jay snuck one in the end, but he had virtually no offense. A couple of dragon screw leg whips saved him, but it was essentially a 20-minute beating from Minoru Suzuki, which gives Jay a lot of kudos that he survived that. But having said that, it wasn't a technical mat classic, but it was thoroughly enjoyable to watch, especially when Minoru Suzuki just out-wrestled Jay White left, right, and center. And that was the story of the match, and it was... Well worth a story, well worth telling. It still makes Suzuki look strong, the never open weight champion. Of course, Jay White has a win over him now, so could claim a match against him. I don't think it is. Never open weight is kind of beneath Jay White's standing as a character. He's all about the IWGP Heavyweight Championship or the dual championship, double championship, as it stands now. But this was brilliant, and it shows you why Suzuki is such a valuable person to have around. He was able to build this match entirely based around his superior wrestling ability and his brains and that worked out really well for him. Next up was Kazuchika Okada versus Tomohiro Ishii. 26 minutes and 13 seconds, 8.52 from the cage match users and they were bang on. This was an ungodly professional wrestling match. Ishii and Okada in the G1 is an annual event. We've come to kind of like recognize it over the last couple of years as the absolute pinnacle of what New Japan can do with two New Japan regulars. And it just works every time. It just clicks into place. This was superb. I just love this match. Love watching it. Love the power. Love the way that Ishii just would not be denied. He lost in the end because he passed out to the money clip. And it shows you, again, Okada has just such audacity. He's determined to get the money clip over. And it was over with the fans. They really bought into it this time. They were really pulling for Ishii when he, every time he got into submission. This was so good to watch and such a really good PowerPoint. Sorry, sounds like a software reference, but it doesn't mean I don't mean it. This was such a good way to build up Ishii without losing anything for Okada and without really losing anything for Ishii. I'm going to have to go back and check on the points because I'll, I'll, I'll open the Wikipedia page actually because it actually tells you the points on there. It catches up fairly quickly. Uh, where are we? G1 Climax 30. Uh, yeah, it. It's, it was just so good. I, one of my matches of the tournament so far, I certainly think. There's been some corkers in this tournament. It's not been as good as it normally is. There hasn't been the epics that uh, we're kind of used to in the G1. This one has been a bit of a slow burn. But you now, in the final week, people are struggling for points. So they're having big matches, and, and it's it's working really well. Um, and I just I, I just can't stress enough how good this match was it was just that good I just love watching these two wrestle each other and will continue to love watching these two wrestle each other um, right we're in 2020 so let's see 
Uh, that was last year's uh, G1 Climax 30. has its main article on Wikipedia. Let's look at the point situation. Where are we? Do, 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 do. It's in here somewhere. Go through all the block nights. Do, 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 do. Here we are then. So, block A leaves Jay White, Kotribushin, Kazuchika, Kazuchika Okada tied on 12 points. Will... Uh, Atletico Bilbao on 10, Jeff Cobb on 8, Tai Chi on 8. And that leaves Ishii, Suzuki, Takagi on 6, with Takahashi on 0, with night 14. So let's see, we've got two nights left. That means Ishii and Suzuki are mathematically knocked out, but they could get to 10 points. Um, Cobb and Tai Chi could get to 12 points, but need people to lose which only is only four people available to win this particular tournament, this particular block. Um, in the B block, Hayoshi Hashi on two, Kenta, Juice Robinson, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Toriyano on six, Zack Sabre Jr., Sonata, and the Goto on eight, and Evil and Nato on ten, which is interesting. Certainly it means that there's more to play for in block B with five guys who could make it to the final there's only two matches left. I suppose Yano and Tanahashi and Juice Robinson are not... Oh, and Kenta are not mathematically excluded, but they need help. Um, that's where we are going into night... This is night uh, 15. can't believe I've done 15 of these shows. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed them. I hope it was worth my while. I haven't had much feedback from you guys. If you'd like to ask me any questions about it and I can get it to tomorrow night's show, that would be really cool. I did live tweet... Uh, sorry, I did do a couple on Periscope. But it's difficult to line it up, and you know, there's only about 20 or 30 of you watching. I'm not sure it was all like the fans of the Troopany show. I think it was just people who had found my feed. So I didn't see any point going further. But if you'd like me to do it again, I'd quite happily do it again. Let me know what you think. Talk to me. You can find me at Sheriff Lone Star on Twitter. You can find the show Troopany Show on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook, The Troopany Show, where we don't really have an awful lot of followers. So if you'd like to come and join us on Facebook, if you're a Facebook person, I know most of you are Twitter people, but if you're a Facebook person, come see, check us out there. And we're also on Patreon, where you can keep the Troopany Show free forever for everyone. I'll go as well talk to a powerslam.tv, where you can get a free month when you use the code MULLETWATCH. That's enough from me for today. We'll be back tomorrow with night 16 of the G1. Bye. Bye.